Hello, and welcome to Not Our First Rodeo, a podcast on faith and life by Christian women who have collectively made every mistake in the book. This is a Titus 2 podcast by King of Kings PCA, and we hope this episode is edifying to you as you continue to grow in holiness. Well, hello. We are here with Not Our First Rodeo. We're back for another topic. Hopefully this will be one that is helpful to everyone. It's the topic of anger. And my name is Gail, and with me I have... Kara. Ellen. Linda. And we, I'm so glad we're all here because this is such an important topic. I don't know, well, I, I know most of your backstories, but a little backstory about me is my dad was very, very angry. And it affected me very negatively. The only emotion he knew was anger. If he was sad or hurt, everything just went down to anger. And that's what we got. Um, I know looking back now that he did not have the tools to deal with this. And I always hated his anger. And yet, disappointingly enough, I share that. I never understood how anyone would lose it with their kids. And then I had kids. And I realized very quickly that I had an anger problem. Well, let's call it what it is. It's sin. So let's not try to to decorate it, right? And make it more palatable. Um, Let me ask you this. Is anger always a sin? No. No. Tell me why. When when is it not a sin? When it's the way Jesus did it. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's righteous anger. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was angry at death when mm-hmm. he was at Lazarus's tomb. Um, he was angry at the money changers in the temple because they were taking up the space that was intended for people outside the Jewish faith to be able to come into the temple and pray. Mm-hmm. Um those are examples of righteous anger and, and we can experience righteous anger. We just don't very often in my experience. That's a good point. (laughs) We don't very often. Right. Let's talk a little bit more about righteous anger and then we'll switch over to where we're very comfortable. And that's with unrighteous anger. Well, right. If we read the prophets, God is very angry at times. And what is the base of me? What is the the main catalyst for that anger when you read the prophets? Sin. Yeah. Idolatry. Disobedience. Those things. And underneath, you know, just a further clarification of sin, it's often to do with idolatry, not giving God the worth and treating him in your Mm -hmm. life like you should. Giving him the honor and glory due his name. And also... God hates when the strong uh, uh, victimize the weak. Right. We see it over and over again. He's like, I hate your festivals. Don't even come and worship me when you are neglecting the poor, cheating others. And who is he hardest on? The shepherds, right? How many times do we read in the prophets? Woe to the shepherds. I gave you this task to take care of these people. And you exploit them and God's angry. If we're angry about that, that's a really good thing to be angry about. 
Well, and look at Jesus' anger at the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see him treating people caught in serious sin with great gentleness and compassion. But when it comes to the Pharisees, he's like, you're vipers, you're foul, you're the worst of the worst. He doesn't pull any punches, no. does he, with with that kind of thing. So what else is God angry about? He said idolatry, when others are hurt, when the weak mm-hmm. are victimized. That can have a lot of different faces, can't it? Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if we, you know, we're in the reformed camp here at King of Kings and, and we love it here, but I wonder sometimes if we're so afraid of not looking like the woke crowd or, you know, some of the more liberal elements of Christianity that we're not speaking up enough for those who are marginalized. Right, or even things like the uh, the abortion issue. God values life. It makes him angry when we don't value it like he does. Mm -hmm. And uh, and not even abortion. That can take forms in many different ways. Mm -hmm. But those are the times when we should be angry. Those are the times we're representing God because that's how he feels. And I think as believers, yes, sometimes we kind of back off on those because we don't want to cause way. Well, whatever the reason is, yeah. if it makes God mad, it should make you mad. That's just kind of yes. the bottom line. <clears throat> That's excellent. And if we look at a lot of the places that Jesus was angry, his anger is always righteous. And so what you see a lot is that his father is being blasphemed in some way. His father's holiness is being diminished in some way. And we're rare, rarely upset for those same reasons, or at least I am. Right. Well, you yeah. just look to the Ten Commandments. <laughs> just <Yeah>. start there. <laughs> yeah. Just deal with those first two. So how you go? <laughs> yeah, that'll get you started. Right. So we are not saying that there's never a, a place to be angry. It should be righteous anger, and that should reflect the thing, like you all said, the things that God is angry about. But for most of us, our anger is not righteous. So can it someone explain the idea of anger being a secondary emotion? Well, you're not usually angry on its own. You're angry because of something. So it's a reactionary emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's usually not that, that you're not just really angry. You're really something else that leads to anger. Uh-huh. What, what could some of those things be? Uh, Frustration, injustice. Um, you're not using your powers for good instead, and you're using for evil. Bitterness. Bitterness. Um, neglect. Like usually, you respond. Your anger is a response of something else that you didn't. Or at least for me, I didn't have time or energy to deal with that feeling, so I went right to the behavior mm-hmm. of anger. So mm-hmm. that's usually how it works out for me. Yep, that's how it works for me too. And until I realized, you know, I was just saying, okay, I can't be angry. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to be angry. But until I went underneath and realized most of the time when I feel angry, I feel it's because, oh, maybe I was slighted or not appreciated. You said neglected. 
And I think that's true for a lot of us. We often feel that way. And, you know, I, I notice this usually the first couple times it happens, I'm not angry, you know, but then it keeps happening. And, you know, maybe the same person, maybe isn't showing respect. And all of a sudden you just have this breaking point, right? And you let loose. I would say it's probably the thing I'm most ashamed of. You know, I can tell you right now about it. And it's not that doesn't seem that shameful, but in the moment, if anyone saw me, I would be very embarrassed. Well, because you're not controlling it. For me, if you've gotten to the point where you're just deciding you're going to be angry, it's now you, you're out of control. You're just, you're reacting to something. And it's, it's just like any other place where we are not using self-control in our lives. Mm -hmm. So of course it's embarrassing. Yeah. You'd be embarrassed if someone saw you totally trip and bit it and smash your face on the ground. That's outside of your control. But anger, the behavior of anger, at least, is something we can. You know, I love, God doesn't tell us not to be angry. He says, when you're angry, do not sin. I don't know how that yet to do that, but... <laughs> That is an encouragement to me that I don't have to not be angry. I have to do something about the response. Mm -hmm. Right. We can take it to God. Right. Say, God, I'm angry. He ignored me again, or she did this, or I was slighted. And, you know, and again, and that even, and we can keep going further. We're expecting other people to make us feel a certain way. And that covers another can of worms, huh? Well, and that brings up another aspect, right? Um, any emotion that we feel in response to whatever happened is based on what we think about what happened. So if Kara says to me, oh, red again, because I'm wearing a red shirt and I think, oh man, she hates this shirt. Then I'm going to be hurt or upset or confused mm -hmm. or whatever I am. But if she says, oh, red again, and I say, oh, she likes red, you know, mm -hmm. then I'm going to think about it differently and I'm going to feel differently. And, but it's really hard, I think, to recognize the thought that is between whatever happened and your feeling. Right, right. And we live in a time, that's really good, Linda. We live in a time, period of time, where we are told that we can allow our emotions to rule us and not the other way around. And that is a lie. Yeah. Now, emotions on themselves are not even, are not sinful or good. They're neutral. It's what we do with them and how we express them, correct? But we don't have to, we, we need to refute the lie that we have to give into every emotion we have and allow them to drive us. And don't we see that everywhere? You do you. If you're feeling it, you say it. And that is, it's like anti-biblical. That's mm -hmm. not, you know, God never negates our, that feelings are true and they exist. You're just not allowed to be the boss of us. There you, you go. Know, that's what is said. Mm -hmm over and over in scripture that we are supposed to have self-control. We, as much as you are able, make peace with all men. So we do have a responsibility to not be offended by everything. Like we are not made out of sugar. And our culture is very sugared right now. Mm -hmm. And so you can feel like everything can be an offense. And I, so I go back and forth on that with the anger thing. I get it. We are really, truly offended. But there's so many places, especially with the way our culture is, I'm like, 
we might need a little bit more of a mm-hmm. skin. At least Christians, I don't see that getting any better. We're going to get lots of offended. Yeah, we are. Times. I was thinking, I think the verse you were talking about is it Romans 4.19. Sure. Okay. <laughs> as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men, right? Yeah. So we can only do your half of it, but we can, you know, I have a few family members who we differ on yeah. on some pretty weighty matters. And usually in the beginning, I can have this really civil conversation on, you know, why I think my position is right. And it's ridiculous when you think of it. We agree on like 95% of things, but, you know, there's these few things that it usually has to do with like authors and stuff we follow, which is a ridiculous thing to argue about. But as it goes further, I feel myself getting hot under the collar, you know? And then I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore because I know. I'm not going to be able to control. And this, you know, with our kids, right? We've raised them in the Lord. We've done our best, not always, but mostly. And they don't always think exactly like we do. And we cannot, we can ruin the relationship if we get angry over those things. I'm going to throw a verse out at you. This is Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. It says, be angry and do not sin. I think Helen and Kara mentioned that. It's not always a sin. It says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Discuss that for me. That one gets me because I am tired a lot. And I think let's just pin it and do it later. So I'm interested to hear what you guys say about this. Well, it says, the verse goes on to say, and give no opportunity to the devil. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that was a verse that you hear mostly in regards to marriage. Right. right? You know, and I grew up in a volatile uh, family environment as well. My mom was very angry, but she learned from her alcoholic father that that's how you get people to do what you want, by screaming, yelling, and hitting. So um, I was a very emotional kid. So that was very confusing to me because I always never felt like I was doing anything right. Um. But that's a hard that's a hard verse to wrap your head around because for me I, I would withdraw, I would pretend mm-hmm. nothing happened, I'd hide, not say anything, and in my silence, that was my way to be neutral. Yeah. So I find myself, I would find myself oftentimes as an adult in confrontations, doing just doing that. I'll just be quiet. It'll go away by itself. If we don't say anything and we don't pursue this, now I'm not saying that was the right thing to do. And that I've overcome that, those urges to react that way. But mm-hmm. um, without any real guidance, how are you going to know? You just kind of default to what you right. have always done. Right. Yeah. Well, of course I'm joking, but uh, kind of. But I think verses like this, um, you know, I say it all the time. I used to be a log dog. This is a verse that would catch me as something I had to figure out how to do. The same way I had to figure out how to get a certain amount of weight on a deadlift or a certain amount of miles in a run, I had to figure out how do I not let the sun go down? You're up till three o'clock in the morning on everything. So I I think we need to think of it more like we do Proverbs, like an ideal way to behave or ideal way to think of something. Not necessarily that it's black and white. You better turn on the lights and talk about it now until I just I don't know that I think that there's a ton of fruit always in attacking everything you know just because well we have to tomorrow's coming and we right. might be mad. Well, also, yeah. 
I am tired and I'm going to say really stupid stuff. So that how's that helpful? Too, you know? Right. So this is an absolute 100% of the time you have to get everything straightened out before you go to bed. Yeah, but I it's just saying there's, there's a wisdom. That, like, they take that yes. well, as a literal thing. So they do. We need to have a better grasp on how to yeah. approach different books in scripture. Right. Now, this is an epistle. You know, this is from Ephesians, which is usually, you know, more straightforward than, say, a proverb. True. However, uh, there's nuance to this, right? I think the idea is with any sin, not only anger, quit kicking it down the road. Mm -hmm. yeah, Deal yeah. with it yeah. as soon as possible, whether it's confessing to God, short accounts with God, or, you know, as soon as I'm able to do this without being sinful, right? I'm going to take the next opportunity. Yeah. And I am big on that. I don't know that verse that talks about like the little foxes. I'm like, it's a lot easier to blow out a match than put out a fire. So I'm, I'm pro deal with it soon. But I just think of how many people have come out of like really legalistic backgrounds mm -hmm. and they take this on as a burden when this is a verse of grace. That's right. It should yeah. be a verse yeah. of grace. Yeah. And I think for me, it's important to remember that part, a big part of that is to process it with the Lord, probably before I process yes. it with the other person, you know? That's so hmm? that's smart. Yeah, I need, I need to spend some time mm -hmm. praying about it and praying for that person and praying for myself mm -hmm. in that situation before I ever go back to that person. Mm. And that might mean the next day or two days. But, but I think, you know, if, if we kind of go back to when Jesus said, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He doesn't mean, you know, mm -hmm. where's the meat cleaver? Mm -hmm. He means rein it in. Yep. Yes. So those of you listening can't see this, but you friends here, do you see these little scars right here? There's three mm -hmm. little white lines. Yep. That's where I put my fist through a glass window. Ryan was maybe two years old, Doug was traveling all the time. And I had this dog who was chewing everything and we had no money. And I, I was tired. I was lonely. I missed Doug so much. Finances were ridiculous. We were like living on $200 a week and everything was stressful. Not an excuse, but this dog chewed a garden hose that we just bought. And it was like, $30 and I had had it. So now what do I do? I break a window that we have to pay to, you know, so it makes no sense, but it didn't happen often, but there was this pattern where it was over the top anger. Um, and then, you know, Doug likes to tell the story about how I threw TV at him. He kind of deserved it, but not really. I love that story, by the way. Yeah, I did. I mean, I threw it right in front of him so he would get the idea. I didn't really want to hit him with it, but he was ignoring me. And that's what you do. He's like, you're going to listen to me, right? But there was a situation where I lost it and I lost it big. Flipped over a table, screamed at a kid, and I went upstairs and I was just shaking. And Doug said, you know, you have a problem. And you hated what your dad did. What are you going to do to break this? So what I want to say is God has helped me greatly. Nothing is an excuse for that kind of anger. It's sin. It's ridiculous. It's out of control. 
there was an underlying cause to mine, I believe, but I had to do the work to figure out what it was. And it was a physical cause. So don't discount that. It never makes it okay to sin in that way. But I had a procedure. You know, I, I did some digging, found out what I thought was going on. I could track it to certain times of the month. And now I think they were called extreme PMS. Still sin, right? No excuse. And I got help with it. And it was like a switch turned off. It wasn't, I'm trying to think that twins were maybe around seven at the time. I've never lost it like that again. Still have <laughs> anger, still things I have to work on. But it was like, all of a sudden, I thought this must be what a normal person feels like. So what I'm saying is I'm not trying to give anyone an out or an excuse, but you could have a physical problem. Say, um, you've heard the expression hangry, mm -hmm. like you're hungry and angry. Sometimes you could be that way because of low blood sugar or, you know, there's different things. Get those checked out because either way we are responsible and accountable no matter what underlying condition, but don't skip over that because it's like, it's like hanging wallpaper with one hand. It's, it's doubly hard. No, I completely agree with that. I think with anger, it can get tricky because there is stuff that happens in our life. And so I think maybe it's a woman thing, but I think our tendency is to always try not to be mad or not to be angry. And we spend so much energy trying to just not feel a thing that we're not doing anything about it. Like you were saying, you absolutely can have young moms. They're tired. I, I say halt all the time. We still say mm -hmm. in our house, like, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We don't get past hungry and angry mostly in our house, but halt and figure out there's a reason, you know, most people aren't just popping off like a crazy person at the, the, a kid who just had a second cookie and didn't ask permission, but that that's, that's absurd that we're doing that. But those are usually the times that we fly off and we're like, I times. So I think there is a responsibility to one, call it sin, and I think you mm -hmm. want to minimize it. If you're an angry person like I am, you you know, you want to call it something other than what it is. Right. And so that lets you get that can a lot further down the street, like you're saying, before yeah. you can deal with it. So and we see patterns in families yeah. too, right? And they all yeah. make excuses. Yeah. So my dad's whole family was angry. I hope none of them are listening now. I don't know about this generation, but there was a lot of angry people in my dad's generation. And they would even joke about it when they weren't angry. Well, that's the Mahalkin in temper. And my mom would say, one day my mom couldn't take it anymore. She goes, I'm sick of hearing that. None of you have any self-control. That's what you need. <laughs> there you go. You there you go. <laughs> well, and generational sin is a real thing. I mean, mm -hmm. you learn, right, how to deal with problems from watching your parents. And if your parents are angry fly off the handle people then as kids that's how you learn to handle things now as adults we need to recognize that pattern and and try to work mm -hmm. through that but but learned behavior is huge it is huge and we can hate it and realize yeah. it's learned and still struggle with it right because you would think I hated that so much. Why would I do that to my own family? But it's there. So God tells us, whoever is slow to anger, 
is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. That shows, this is Proverbs 16.32, that God knows this is hard for us, right? Jesus walked this earth so he could relate. I'm sure he had more reason than any of us to be angry. Can you, I think of the scene, you know, scene, the part in the Bible where Caiaphas is questioning Jesus and said, how dare you talk to the high priest like this when Jesus is the high priest? Yeah, the highest. (laughs) I would have been so, I'm angry reading it, even though I'm separated, you know, like how dare they talk to the, he talked to the Lord like that, insult him and, and Jesus kept his calm. Like, you know what? My kingdom is not of this world, so you don't understand. And he was, so that slow to anger and God is slow to anger, right? How do we right. see that in scripture? For me, I think of how he's meek, you know, mm. and just the process of making the horse, like that picture of that strong thing that could go take you out and kill you. And he chooses mm-hmm. not to that to me, that's the counterpoint of anger. Mm-hmm. When I'm angry, I know I need to get meek. So, you know, I'm going to have to be talking to someone who's stronger than me, smarter than me and more, more wise than me. And that usually ends up being the Lord. So, um, you know, I just, I have to have a counterpoint and, and I don't know. I just, the, when we're talking about not making excuses for it, I, You're right. I know we live in this culture of unparenting. And so anytime I hear about like generational sin, it is true. There is a thing there, but I, I never want us to give someone an out. And I, mm. I can't stand the concept of unparenting. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, we should do a, a talk on that sometime. Well, I won't be here because that will make me mad. <laughs> well, then you need to and listen to this podcast. And possibly sin. <laughs> and you need to figure out the anger underneath your anger. Or the sin underneath your anger. We'll fix you, Kara. Just just give us time. Now, it is, there are certain things that we all get triggered by, to use a phrase. But we can learn. We can not even just learn, but cry out to God, right? Just like everything, like I stink at this father, but I know this, you don't want this in my life. Please help me. And yeah. you know what I found helpful too is accountability. Mm. I, my thing with um, the way I was raised, I had decided at an early age, I was never going to have children because I didn't want to, I didn't want to repeat the way that I was raised. And so my answer was, <laughs> just don't have any. Right. And uh, I had four children, so. But God gave me a husband, and I was honest with him from the beginning. This is this is where I've been. This is where I struggle, and this is what I don't want to do. And he didn't have any of that in his life, and he's very steady. I mean, if he gets mad, that's a really big deal. So he was my support, you know, and we had a system. If I ever got, felt like, that was how I was going to respond. And this is what we did. We had a plan and um, it can be a, a best friend. It can be you know, a pastor. It could be anybody that you're honest enough with to say, this, this is where my struggle is. Can you mm. help me when I need it? Or, you know, can I lean on you? Right. I think that's huge. Doug mm-hmm. coming to me and saying, honey, yeah. you have a problem. I love you. I'm going to give you every resource you need to figure this out. I can't do it for you. I can help. I can watch the kids while you go to doctors. I can, you know, but you got to wrestle this out with God. You got to, you know, 
because yeah. there's damage that can be caused. And my kids will say they notice this line of demarcation where I changed. So, you know, I had to ask forgiveness for those times. Anything else you want to say about anger? There's so much we could say. You know, I'm just thinking God is slow to anger. We need to be slow to anger. Do you think there's a relationship between understanding God's sovereignty and goodness in our life and anger? Oh, for sure. I think so, too. How does that explain that to me? Well, usually for me, it's I want to be sovereign and I'm not. So I'm frustrated that God hasn't just handed me all the powers of his that I want to have and control the whole universe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if anyone else should. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Linda, what are you thinking? I, you know, anger is rooted in something else, right? We've, we've talked about that. And so often um, it can be anxiety mm. or it can be bitterness because we don't get our way when we want it. And there's a quote from Tim Keller that says, Bitterness is our belief that God made a mistake. And anxiety is our belief, mm -hmm. our concern that he will make a mistake. And that, if that's the root of my anger, that's really sin. Mm -hmm. And God is sovereign and, and he's good, right? Psalm 136. I love what, <laughs> I love that Psalm because Every other line is, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And then he does this, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And then he does this, the Lord is good. And just read that, you know. That can be helpful. Today's episode was brought to you by the Women of King of Kings Church. Visit our show notes for more information. 